This is Generation Space, the official podcast of Air Force Space Command. Hey, welcome to the next episode of Generation Space. I'm Staff Sergeant Dennis Hoffman. And I'm Ashley Palacios. And we're going to be jumping into the exciting world of space safety. And we got a couple experts here, and I want them to introduce themselves. So I'm Major Daniel Mumi. I am the Operations Space Safety Branch Chief down at the Air Force Safety Center in Kirtland Air Force Base. And I'm Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Wheeler, and I'm the uh, Chief of Space Safety here at Air Force Base Command. And before you click away, we're not going to be doing any sort of uh, safety brief right now. So don't worry if you didn't grab your reflector belt or your helmet or your knee pads or anything like that. Um, we're going to be jumping into some really exciting aspects of safety that, that uh, honestly probably goes overlooked uh, largely in the space community and the Air Force community as a whole. So, you know, what is space safety? It, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. When I got the assignment to go down to Kirtland Air Force Base to take over as the branch chief, um, first thing I said when I read the assignment was, safety center, what the heck is that? Never heard of it. Which, as a major in the United States Air Force, is maybe something that I probably should have heard of before. <laughs> and I think that that might be uh, perhaps in indicative of, of the culture that we have, and, and that's part of the uh, what I'm working to try to, to influence as the branch chief. and. I've traveled to Vandenberg, I've gone to Patrick, I've gone to Peterson, and I've been to international space safety conferences, I've been to uh, space safety conferences that are uh, here locally, and I ask everyone to give a raise of hand if they've ever heard of the Air Force Safety Center, and if they, they understand what, what space safety is and what we do, and, and most of the time I get crickets. I've been to Space 100 where I've, I've briefed them, uh, the students there, and, and they have no idea what it is, and so we're working diligently to try to uh, build in part of the training curriculum at uh, 533rd Training Squadron to, to get education and space safety at the uh, entry point to the career field. And, and so that is a, a long way to start off, <laughs> just to say right, yeah. that there, there is definitely um, a growth opportunity and growth potential there. So what it is, is I'll start with what it is not. Okay. It is not slips, trips, and falls. It's not occupational safety. It's not flight safety. The Air Force Safety Center and, and Air Force Safety and Mission in general has different operational aspects to it. There's the flight safety, there's the occupational safety, there's weapon safety, and then there's space safety. And when you look at the mission of the safety center, it's to first and foremost protect the airmen, but also preserve the uh, weapon systems and the combat capability that they provide. And it's, it's more in the latter, that's the spirit that we're in, is about making sure that the systems, whether they be the rockets or the satellites or the ground-based systems, which make those space system, the orbital space system segment, function for the terrestrial effect that we're trying to achieve work uh, for the design that was intended. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a, a reaction wheel fail five years into a 10-year mission and it takes your mission down permanently, you probably want to figure out why. You right. probably want to perhaps redesign that system so that it doesn't fail prematurely in the future. And that's really more what the mission is about. Uh, a lot of people will say, well, that, what you're talking about is, is, is mission assurance. And I'd submit to you, yes, it is mission assurance. Mission assurance, when you look at the, the Venn diagram overlap, right, it's, it's not this, it's, it's not mutually exclusive either, right? You've got safety and mission assurance, and when it comes to space safety, there's a lot of overlap there. So that's probably the most uh, complete answer I could give for you right now. <laughs> what do you have to add to that, Colonel? Uh, sure. So essentially, from my perspective here at Air Force Space Command, of course, we have the responsibility to actually organize, train, and equip the actual people who are out there in the, in the space wings doing the mission. 
and making sure they establish a, a space safety program in order to be able to do it effectively and do it well. Essentially, the way that we look at space safety, at least at, in my office, is we kind of divide it up into a couple of segments, and that pretty much covers the entire life cycle of the weapon system. You can start off with the space system safety. Back when you're first designing the space vehicle, whether it's going to go into orbit, or whether it's ground equipment or a rocket, you want to make sure that it's designed in a safe and secure way. So that if so first of all, you don't want it to fail, and if it does, it fails in a safe way. So it doesn't hurt anybody doesn't damage anything that's not supposed to. So that's the first item of that. Then, of course, you have launch and range safety. That's actually was that operation of launching the rockets, getting things into orbit, and, and doing those things, um, which is probably the most hazardous operation the Air Force does outside of nuclear weapons. I mean, the explosive potential of these rockets are orders of magnitude greater than any conventional weapon that we, that we have in the Air Force inventory. So it's really important to make sure we do that safely and we do that well so that, that we can successfully launch these, these um, billion dollar satellites to get this capability that we need. Then once it's on orbit, you know, making sure that we understand all the hazards on orbit, um, if things are not working that we're supposed to, maintaining a safe environment as well through orbital, you know, you're trying to keep orbital debris down and, and those type of things that we can safely operate there. Also operate our ground equipment safely and then, of course, reentry and, and the end of life. And, and so, so those, those are pretty much the, 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 the categories that we look at when you do space safety. Those are the kind of areas that we're looking at. And a lot of our space wings are organized around one of the one or other, uh, one or more of those actual specific missions. Yeah, and, and I would add that, that at our level, a lot yeah. of what we do is we write the policies and we, we assist uh, other policymakers in, in developing smart data informed policy mm -hmm. at, at our level. But the, the safety mission yeah. for space does not uh, stop there. It goes down to the operator, it goes down to the airman. And that's that's a lot of what uh, the reason we wanted to come on today to, to talk about this is to to um, to educate to let people know that, that that everyone has a responsibility in there to to help identify hazards where people may know they're there and haven't said anything or mm -hmm. to keep an eye out to identify hazards that haven't previously been detected and then uh, God forbid there be an actual uh, mishap or, or incident which causes damage or injury that that those events are notified mm -hmm. so that we can figure out what went wrong to prevent it from happening in the future. And that's really the, the core mission intent of all of safety for the Air Force um, and specifically for space safety. Wow. It sounds like there's a lot of different layers and a lot of different hats and a lot of different um, um, areas of space safety that I don't think people realize are there. And I was actually in safety for seven years at the mm -hmm. Air Force Safety Center. And I feel like I still don't know enough about what space safety is or have some misconceptions about what it may be. What do you guys find are some of the most common misconceptions about what space safety actually is? Well, it's kind of like what Major Moon talked about before. First of all, you know, people, what, what is space safety? Trips, falls, we operate, we don't run satellites into each other, which is important. Right. Okay, if you don't want to do that, you know, we want to keep that safe. And, but like you mentioned, it's a lot more than that. It is, uh, it, it's mostly along the lines of mishap prevention and mishap investigation. And once again, the mishap investigation, if something does go wrong, we've got to find out why it is so we can feed that back into the mishap prevention. And that's what it's mostly about. It's mostly about making sure that our people and our equipment and, and the environment is preserved so that if we ever need to go to war or if we ever need those capabilities, they're there, they're available. If we're having mishaps, if people are being injured, you know, that's, that's a readiness issue. That's, that's an issue that impacts the, the warfighter unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. so, so that's what we're about, trying to identify those areas where things can go wrong mm -hmm. and then figure out, okay, if they did go wrong or when they go wrong, you know, based on Murphy's Law, so they will go wrong. How can we make sure that, that 
we're protected, that, that we minimize the amount of damage, minimize the amount of impact so that we can successfully carry on the mission. Yeah, to, to add to that, I would say that the, um, the biggest misconception I run into is the idea that safety is only uh, when human life is at risk. Mm. And, and it doesn't involve the mission in and of itself, and that is purely an acquisition function. Mm. And, and while the, the solution to those risks and those hazards in the system are mostly an acquisition function, mm -hmm. um, that, that really is a, a safety issue to, to figure out um, you know, what, what, what is the widget? You know, where was the golden BB that, that either blew up the rocket? That's the thing you're going to see on the news, right? And mm -hmm. uh, history is replete with examples from uh, across industry of when you have a, a system you're designing. Uh, my uncle used to work for, uh, he, he worked for Chrysler for 27 years, and he always told me, Dan, never buy a first model year car because there are other problems in the car that they hadn't, the engineers haven't figured out yet. And you can look at the development of the ICBM uh, as, as a prima facie example of that, failure after failure after failure after failure, and then a success, and then a couple successes, and then another failure. And it goes on this way. And you go from having a high failure rate to a low failure rate. And you can look at the development of the jet engine and aircraft going from props to jet engines. You had a, a high spike in, in failure rates early on. That is safety, figuring out how do we prevent that from happening in the future? So mm -hmm. we're not putting rice, lives at risk, and we're also not losing the opportunity costs of the dollars we spend to develop these systems when we instead have to redevelop the same system, right? We could have gone and built a better system instead of fixing the system we already tried to get right in the first place. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of gains for the mission monetarily and uh, otherwise from, from doing this space safety mission. Uh, and so I, I would... That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's yeah, great. so, so I, I had a question, right? So, uh, you know, former Secretary Wilson uh, talked about innovate, innovate, innovate. Um, you know, Chief of Staff um, wants us to move faster, move smarter, right? How do we do that when you guys have to be not only investigators, but then you have to be teachers, then you, then you have to be forward thinkers, and then you also have to be retroactive problem solvers and look at the things that are on orbit or, or kind of the anomalies that are happening and, again, push that to, to the next generation of, of, of everything that we're, we're lifting into, uh, into orbit or, or s sending off the mm -hmm. Earth. How do you guys move faster and, and, and be smarter while taking on so much that, honestly, again, that not a lot of people know about? So they don't know that, you're, that you have to do all this stuff. How do you, how do you move faster? How do you move smarter? I'll go ahead. Um, no, go ahead. Um, I think it's a lot about that is safety is about getting out there, and that's a big part of that. I mean, if we're just always in our office doing our work at our computers – I mean, some of that has to be done, but really, if we want to be effective at safety, we got to get out there. The people have to know us. They have to know that it's important, and we have to know them, their mission, what are the things that they're dealing with. And I think that's a big part about becoming more effective and more efficient is actually building those relationships between, between the safety office and between the operators and be the acquisition people. And between industry and then even within the government, if we've got the, the FAA who's, who's overseeing commercial space launch at our, our launch ranges and NASA and, and the other government agencies, the NRO, what might it be? And so, so that's where it really happens. It's like building relationships and understanding the various missions will then give you the insights you need to identify where those areas are that, hey, we can probably do a better job in these parts mm -hmm. to be more safely, to be more efficient, or to be able to understand, okay, maybe we do have some 
too much uh, margin in these areas that maybe we can, can get better bang for the buck by doing things a little bit differently, but still maintain a safe system. So those are the type of areas that, that the challenge that we have. Yeah, I would, I would say, you know, we're, we're in a very dynamic time and space. And as uh, you just saw yesterday, the, the Senate passed the National Defense Authorization Act, and the House will be voting on that in July, and, and both, um, uh, both houses of Congress have a provision in there for the separation of the space mission mm -hmm. to its own service. And so that's a very exciting time. That hasn't happened in 70 years, three generations. So um, I, I feel like we're, we're very uh, fortunate to be in this position where we're going to be at the forefront of the birth of a new service. Mm -hmm. And um, so with that comes a, a lot of challenges and, and opportunities for growth. So when we look at the, uh, the way the space mission is going to change into the future as we work closely with the Office of Secretary of Defense and uh, Secretary of the Air Force for Space Policy on, on uh, <clears throat> compliance issues for the FAA taking control of uh, launches on, on the Air Force ranges and figuring out, okay, so if, if that public safety mission that we're currently doing, when, mm -hmm. when we analyze thousands of runs to figure out is, it, is that launch going to be in compliance, uh, is it going to go over Titusville? And, and kill Aunt Betty. We don't want that to happen. So we need to make sure that that we're within margins, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where we've got go no go authorities there. Right. As as we work to transition that over to the FAA, we're working closely uh, with them to make sure that all those uh, safety stakeholders are mm -hmm. are transferred in. And uh, so things like that and uh, orbital debris mitigation practices that, that we're working closely with, with NASA and the State Department and the, uh, the, ICE and the intelligence community to make sure that, that the policies for the future are being set up that my daughter and her children are going to have safe access to space, that we're not going to be in a debris-cluttered environment where you're only going to be able to operate in the first 500 kilometers where drag self-cleans the environment. And above that, sorry, our generation's ruined it for everyone. Yeah. We really want to avoid that, right? So we're working closely to, to try to do those things. Awesome. Yeah, so I know uh, Ashley and I spoke before. Uh, one thing that we definitely wanted to hit uh, was the relationships, and I know right. she probably had a, a more focused question on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you guys have been talking about all of the different um, agencies and organizations, and um, and all of the different people that you have to work with in order to get the space safety mission done. So I'm I'm curious about who, uh, what more industry partners are you working with, and how how are you building in their best practices? I'm also really curious how you guys work within other Air Force career fields. Who are you having to collaborate with? Who are you having to talk with mm -hmm. um, in order to get the mission done? Because I think a lot of times people think that safety is its own little bubble, that you guys operate just on your own, the rules and regulations, and that's what you guys are following. But it sounds like you mentioned re uh, relationships, that those, that's a huge part of how you guys get the, sa the space safety mission done. So can you guys... Tell us a little bit more about that and who you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mentioned before, it is really about building those relationships because ultimately we don't want to be a roadblock to be able to do any sort of space mission. We want to be an enabler. We want to make sure that that we're there on the ground level. So we can, like, like I mentioned, we're identifying those areas. What can go wrong? How can we keep it go wrong? How can we mitigate those those dangers? And so they can be designed in and they can work on that at the very get-go. So we can, we're more of an enabler than a roadblock as far as making this so that we can accomplish this very dangerous mission that we're doing. And, and to do that, like I said, it is building those relationships um, within the government. I'm actually one of the tri-chairs on the Common Standards Working Group that is formed between the Air Force, um, the FAA, and NASA. Okay. And, and the whole purpose of that organization is to identify, okay, we've all got our own safety regulations between all our agencies. We all mm -hmm. do have slightly different needs 
But where can we find commonality? Where can we make sure we can streamline these, these regulations so that, that we can enable the, the commercial launch providers when they launch from our ranges or, or NASA's ranges, that they know what's expected of them, they, they don't, you know, what, from launch to launch, know what to expect, that, that, that predict, they, they can predict and understand, you know, what, how to, how to, um, to, to run their business. And, and, and so we can do, that's the form that we can do that. And it's pretty much open. It's not just us three. It's not just the Air Force, NASA, and FAA. I mean, we invite the NRO there. We invite um, other, other the, the Navy, the Army, any other government agency that needs or that works in space so that they can be aware of these issues and also just raise other issues mm -hmm. as, as things come up and say, hey, we had this issue over here. Um, maybe this is something we should address or maybe we should, you know, your, your standard says this, our standard says this should be, is that the right standard? Right. Should we change them? And at least it gives an opportunity to be able to work through those things and, and make sure that we can, we can improve that. Yeah, so really getting those best practices in there and who's doing what best and how can we, how can we make this the best? Exactly. We, we saw that this at this range. Have you seen that at that range? And so right. it's a great forum to be able to communicate across all the government ranges mm -hmm. to understand how we can do this and how we can do this better and make sure we're more efficient. And, and speaking about kind of leveraging best practices, um, Major, I know you're kind of the resident expert on this, uh, uh, this ASAP program or the, uh, um, what, is the, what does it stand for? Yeah, the Airman <laughs> Safety Application. Exactly, yes. Yeah, just shameless plug right there. Um, yeah, so we leverage that from the flight community, correct? Yeah, that's right. So, so it was born out of the flight community. And, and what we're talking about is the Airman Safety Awareness Program. And there is an app you can download that, uh, you can make reports, you can uh, notify of hazards. So this is a, a way that, that we can get uh, real-time or close to real-time notification and uh, of events happening. And that, those notifications will go directly to the MAGCOMs. We'll triage those events to figure out what to do with them. And that is something that's not only a, an application you can go on the, the internet and down, go to uh, <laughs> uh, safety.af.mil and uh, from there, we're, we're expanding that out from uh, not only the flight, but all aspects of safety to include space safety. And the Navy has also picked up on that. So they're now taking our program and, and running with it. And it's a, a pretty well-matured application at this point. So I encourage everyone to go download it and keep their eyes open <laughs> and, and do good space safety stuff. That's yeah, good. no, it, it, we were talking the other day. It, it sounds like the uh, uh, a popular app right now. I, I don't know if I can say it out loud, but um, it's uh, it's it's... When you're driving, it's a navigational app that you can be like, oh, there's a cop there, except <laughs> instead of a cop, it's like, oh, here's a, here's an anomaly or here's a, mm -hmm. here's something crazy going on. I'm going to annotate it in this app. And, you know, maybe maybe there's opportunities to do a point system yeah. so and, it uh, really gets people going. Yeah, and <laughs> what we're really trying to do is, is encourage um, in, uh, participation. And, and so I, sh I would also be remiss if I didn't mention that there's a way to do this uh, anonymously mm -hmm. because the safety mission does not just include what happens with the equipment, right. right? But it also includes people and people's lives mm -hmm. and their livelihoods. So, and and we've, we have uh, uh, ways of, of uh, making that anonymous to, to encourage reporting. And, um, and so I just yeah. want to make sure everyone's aware of that. And I think that goes back to some of the misconceptions about what space, about safety in general, that you're not out to get people. You're not out to get them in trouble or to stop them from doing what their job is. It's Absolutely. all about just trying to make it safer for everyone and trying to get us to the goal. Right, preventing that mishap from happening again in the future or from happening in the first place. We've, we've got a model called the Swiss cheese model, mm -hmm. right? So you've got a layer of, of protection against a, a hazard, mm -hmm. right? But every slice of Swiss cheese has holes in it, right? right? So 
in when you're driving down the road, you've got seatbelts, you've got brakes on your car, you've got airbags, and Other if any drivers. one of those things <laughs> fails, right, that's the right. hole in the, in the Swiss cheese where you might have uh, something go wrong, mm-hmm. you've got another layer of Swiss cheese. You've got, you've got the, the, the seatbelt to protect you. Even if your airbag fails, the seatbelt might still protect you. So if, if all three of those things fail and you're going down the road and, and all those holes line up, you, you might have a, 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 ha- a, a yeah, mishap, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So, so the idea there is to find where the holes in the Swiss cheese are mm-hmm. and uh, turn them into solid cheese. One of the things about when there is a mishap, and one of the unique things that we have in safety that other like accident investigators don't have is safety privilege. And right. so, when we interview somebody or talk to them, hey, what happened? Often they're very hesitant, you know, am I going to get in trouble? What's going to happen with this? But we can actually provide them what's called safety privilege. It's kind of like the same type of privilege that doctor you have doctor-patient yeah. confidentiality or lawyer, mm-hmm. you know, it, that type of thing that nothing you tell us can, can be used to then, then discipline them or can, can cause any negative effects. The whole point of that, our investigation is safety, safety mishap prevention, keeping these from happening in the future. So all the information we get, all the analysis we do from these MESAP investigations can only be used for safety purposes. And so that actually is another reason, you know, because because the, the highest levels of government, they've recognized this is so important that Absolutely. that our mission and that being able to successfully complete our mission is, is, is necessary for, from safety. We've got to have a good safety program. So they, they provided that, that privileged information. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd, I, I love the way the, the conversation is going. Unfortunately, we're, we're coming near the end of our time right now. Uh, so, so I definitely want to uh, allow both of you to kind of recap or, or state anything that, that we haven't touched on that you think is important. And then I got a really special question for both of you at the end. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so I guess if I have anything to add, it's, is that the, the space safety mission is a lot more different than I expected it was going to be when I first got the assignment, that the the functions are a lot more dynamic and, and more integrally involved throughout the, uh, from the ground level all the way to the operator, from you know, cradle to grave, as, as they say, right. that um, space safety really needs to be involved all the way throughout, and it needs to be uh, something that's in the forefront of not only our minds and not only the airmen's minds, but the commanders as well to make sure that, that they understand the importance of the mission, which, which they, they of course do, and, and that... Um, uh, everyone has cultural buy-in to 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 grow from the ground up uh, a, uh, a cultural of of prevention. Yeah, absolutely. There have been study after study showing that for every catastrophic accident, there's been a certain number of major accidents preceding that. And for every major accident, a certain number of minor accidents. And for every minor accident, so, so many near misses or anomalies happening. And so if you want to prevent those catastrophic accidents, you start at those near misses, you start at those small accidents. Yeah. And that's where really we need the buy-in from the people that are out there in the field. And that's where space safety really comes in. That's what it's really about, getting the people there in the field who are aware of those near misses, that are aware of those smi- minor anomalies or things going wrong, mm-hmm. getting their buy-in through the ASAP program or for any other me- means, you know, working with their safety representative, that's what it's about. And if there's any message, you know, that's why we need them, and that's, that's why it's important. Yeah, and, and when things go wrong, they don't typically go wrong for one reason. They go yeah. wrong for a lot of reasons all going wrong at the same time, like the Swiss cheese model we just cheese, talked yeah. about. Yeah. And, and so getting uh, awareness of, of the rec- the, what we get out, the output product of, mm-hmm. of the, uh, when things go wrong, the mishaps, you get an investigation, and you get recommendations, findings, and, and uh, those are what go back to the, uh, 
the people who can solve the problem mm -hmm. to figure out, you know, how do we prevent it from happening in the future? And that's, yeah. that's the most important thing that the mission is about. Absolutely. And, and hopefully our space operators that are listening right now um, will take those near misses and start start jotting them down more in, in, in lieu of, the app and you know, put it in the app. <laughs> going all the way down the road, right, and, and having to deal with the, 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 the major stuff. So um, so that was very well put, and I appreciate your guys' time. And But I do want to leave with uh, one question, and that's uh, here in the future, you know, because we are the generation of space, uh, there is going to be a time when someone or the Air Force might call on you and say, hey, we need a safety rep on Mars, <laughs> and we can't guarantee at this point um, a flight back. Are you are you ready to accept the challenge of being being that, uh, that safety guy uh, on that colony? Uh, yeah, well, so while every TDY I've ever been on has always had a Starbucks on the nearest <laughs> corner, and there are unfortunately no Starbucks on Mars, it would be a hardship tour, and, and uh, you know, there's yeah, that. The delivery but, yeah. would probably cost an arm or Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, any time the Air Force says go, you go, right? And so that's, that's, right. that's the mission, and that's what we do, is what we signed up for. Um, and it would be a unique experience, to say the least. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, personally, I'd love that. I mean, one of the things that I, I got me interested in the Air Force in the first place was the astronaut program and the potential to go to Mars and everything. Is, what a great adventure. But at the same time, I've now got a family. I've got kids. <laughs> and so I'm sure she'll probably, she probably won't be quite as excited about me going to Mars <laughs> yeah. as, as I would be. But, uh, but, yeah, what an incredible opportunity that would be. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully Elon Musk gets his act together and yeah. figures out how to make a return trip back for yeah. us before we have that <laughs> eventuality, right? Starbucks, at least. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or a breathable, breathable atmosphere would be nice, too. Yeah, that, that too. Awesome. Yeah, I don't think I've met a, a space operator that has turned down a trip to Mars yet. Mm -hmm. So so hopefully we can continue the trend. But, uh, but anyways, uh, thanks, everybody, for watching uh, this episode of Generation Space. I hope you uh, learned a little bit about space safety, and uh, we'll uh, continue on next time. Thanks so much.